Welcome to episode 61 of Gutter to Gutter Podcast. Guys, before we start off into this one, I'd like to first off take a second to apologise for the lack of podcasts being put out lately. It's been a rough few weeks in the static household uh, with, with the lockdown and all that sort of gear. So motivation has been has been lacking. I know that I came back, I had a break and I came back and I, th- I thought I was good to go, but a few things have happened a lot in the meantime along the way that have kind of uh, just, I don't, know, I don't know, this has just really killed my motivation. So I do apologise to you guys first and foremost. And secondly, I do really appreciate and thank you guys so much for sticking about and um, and coming and listening to the podcast each and every time it's uploaded. So thank you so much, guys, for that. I do appreciate it. Again, I apologise from the bottom of my heart. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Enough of the sad talk. Enough of the dribble. In this episode, we are joined by Avit Chohan. You might know him as Toasty. He's well known in the mini trucking scene Australia-wide and probably even fairly well known internationally. We get to talk about his beginnings into photography, juggling his two side hustles along with his day job, and also go right into depth about his Tacoma converted dual cab Hilux. So sit back and enjoy episode 61 of Gutter to Gutter podcast with Toasty. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gutter Gutter Podcast. I'm Static. I can't do intros well. I'm joined tonight by Avit Chohan, also known as Toasty. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, man. And how, how did, you? And how did I go pronouncing your name? Did I get it? Oh, perfect. No, awesome. <laughs> not, not many people get it right first go, so... I um, it's, it's it's more it's more the, the surname that got me. I'm looking at it going, okay, most people wouldn't pronounce that like Sean. Yeah. Is, is that where you get a lot? Uh, Sean, you get, you yeah. Get, you get like, yeah. Yeah, Sean. Avid Sean or something like that? Is that where you get a lot? Yeah, yeah. Avid is usually the name yeah. I mean. Yeah, nice. So I thought, this is oh. easy going by Toasty. <laughs> nice, man. So I guess we'll, as we start out with everybody, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so, so pretty much uh, I run Toast Graphics, part of Servitize Australia, and drive Luxy, which is the Toyota Hilux converted to Tacoma. Nice, nice man. So I don't know what else do you get telling you. <laughs> all good, man. All good. So Toast Graphics. Um, you're you're a bit of a photographer and graphic designer. Um, I guess we'll start up. We'll start off with um the the photography side of things. Um, where did where did that sort of start? What what happened? How did you get a camera uh, in your hand and just go with that? Well, it started probably uh, back around 08, 2008 when I bought the first camera. Uh, I was pretty shit taking photos back then, but I had a guy I worked with who encouraged me to get into it more, and then started getting into it more, seeing what he was able to do with taking photos, and then I had, uh, going to shows, I had guys like Mark, uh, known as Basic, people probably know him as well, uh, Mike Method in Tasmania, they started encouraging me, learning off them what they did and like what I did, what we did different. That's how we learned off each other. 
So going into the shows, like that's how I started out taking photos. And then as I got better taking more photos, I decided to start Toast Graphics. And that's how the magazine's jobs came through as well. Nice, man. Nice. So we'll, we'll um, go a little controversial. Where did the name Toasty come from? <laughs> so back in probably early high school days and uh, being the token brown kid around yeah. all, all mates sort of thing and used to always get in trouble back in school for a few of the racist jokes and all that, fried chicken, watermelon and all that, but somehow fell into the name Toasty and no one really picked up on it. Yeah, and since then it's stuck. So see for me, like coming until until I kind of you know I was showed you the questions that we're going to go through. For me, I just thought it was a photography thing. Like you know, did you play Mortal Kombat as a kid? No, I thought it was a Mortal Kombat <laughs> reference or something like that. Like you oh, just really? like, a, like a ninja with a camera or something. You know, you pop up, snap, and you're gone again. I thought I thought <laughs> I guess I guess I'm a little yeah. naive. I guess, but um, I mean that's that's good no, too. It was hard coming up with a name as well because like everything was photography and all that. And I'm like, oh, well, didn't really just want to focus on photography. So, and um, yeah, it just somehow just came on to Toast Graphics. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's perfect because you're also a graphic designer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And much. is is that your your day job or what's what's no, the day So so, so your photography and your and and your graphic designing is just like a hobby sort of deal or. Pretty much just side yeah, nice. hustle. Nice, man. Yeah, well, side hustle, that's pretty much feels like a full-time job as well because working nights, doing edits and design, and then weekends usually takes up my time for that as well. Yep. Yeah, I, I know how that goes. Try and, try and do a podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Same, <laughs> and, same shit, right? <laughs> and and I've, I've kind of gone about it a, a different way now where I'm actually doing a bunch inside of a week. So I can just prepare everything. But then you still need editing time. That's and... right. But but I can yeah. prepare everything now for that one week. We can nail it all down. And then I've got like a, a few weeks I can give myself a break with, apart from mm. the editing and that sort of stuff. So so I found that's a better way to go, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like when I was doing this every single week, it was an absolute chore. So I'm try that's one of the things I've tried to do is try and make it a little easier on myself and streamline the process. Yeah, because I usually try and set time, time frame. So... From five till say nine is when I'll work, and then after nine o'clock stop working kind of thing. Or else I can pretty much work till two, three in the morning, just keep going, right? So yep. trying to find that good balance between the two. Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes it easier. Absolutely. So you said you you, you picked um your first camera up in two thousand and eight. Yep. Um, what kind of things were you were you photographing at the time? Is it has it always been like a mini truck sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, started out with like tiny handheld, seven megapixel camera, and was just pretty much taking photos of anything, like holidays, stuff like that. And then as we went to Stros and all that, like taking photos. But it was hard at the time. Like back, like oh seven, oh eight, when it started, like it was there was no Facebook and stuff like that. So That's right. it was hard to find photos of people who took photos of your car. And yep. then back then it was only like dot forums, usually subsided forums. Forums so or scroll, yeah. So you're scrolling through forums, trying to find photos, and it's like, oh man, I wish someone took photos of the car. So like someone else, all mates and all that. It's like, did anyone find any photos? So that's how I actually started. Was all right. Well, I'll try and get one photo of each car at every show that I go to, 
that way I've got photos of everything. If anyone looking for something, I've got something to help someone, right? Yep. So that was the first camera, which was pretty terrible back then. But and then moved, went started Toast Graphics. So I've got like an entry level SLR camera, like a Canon 450, which was like a 12 megapixel camera. And that's the one I learned a lot on. And then since then, I've got now well, I've still got both the cameras as well, and I've got. I think another two little handheld ones as well. Yep. And then I've got the ca- big pro one, which I use for everything now, the Canon 5, uh, 5D. And that's a 22 megapixel camera. Got multiple lenses for that. And even had a good mate, uh, Ricky Angel, who did some pinstriping on all my camera gear. So everything I've got, it's all painted. Can't leave something stock pretty much, right? So <laughs> Absolutely stock sucks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I did all that. Awesome. And if you compare the two, like from the first camera to now, it's pretty much comparing like a Nokia phone picture to an iPhone picture. Like, yeah. It's crazy, like level. Yeah. How good it quality wise, right? Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. So um, do you ever just, like, if, if you're at a show or something like that, have you always got your camera with you or do you ever just, like, you know, whip out the iPhone or something like that and just snap some shots or is it always just a camera, like, you've always got that, your good camera uh, with you? Well, it depends on the situation, right? Yeah. So, but, yeah, or everywhere I've gone, I've always had the camera gear, like, bags, all, pretty much I have a bag ready. Yeah. Everything's all charged, batteries all there, ready for You give me a call right now, I can be at your place ready to take photos yeah just yeah <laughs> so, the bags there at the site at, by the door yeah you grab it on your way out it's ready. Yeah. yeah exactly so all my gear is all ready to go pretty much so nice you never know when i can get a job taking photos well at the moment it's hard with covid but yeah um comparing like phone and i use both really but like going to shows i'll do all my live updates on the phone but then i'll have the camera at the same time so if you see me at east coast coming I have a tripod set up ready for photos on the camera and then at the same time I'm taking photos on the phone as well Yeah. just to keep social media updated Yeah. because everything happens so live pretty much these days. So. That's right. Everybody wants to be updated and know yeah. what's going on. And yeah. Exactly. Right? So yeah. if someone's unveiling a car, it's like if you don't take a picture of it within the first five minutes, yeah. So how do you, news, really. in that sort of situation, how do you juggle the camera and the phone? Because obviously you want to take really mad photos of that, but you've got to kind of keep that social media well, presence going oh, too. Well, yeah, like, oh, it's kind of like a right hand, left hand. And yeah. Pretty much. But what I try and do is um, if I can use my tripod, I have a tripod and um, the remote for the camera. Yep. So I'll just keep taking photos with the remote and try and focus with the phone. Yep. And that's about it, really. Like, and just hope for the best. So I've got a good photo on either one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be hopeless at that. But I'd, yeah, all of my photos in that situation would just be horrible. I, I wouldn't get a good photo <laughs> on either. So nice, man. So when you go to places like, are you always wearing that photographer cap? You're always looking at like like an angle or something like that, or what would make a really good photo? Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty much like even just driving down to the server or something, like just driving in the streets, like yeah, see a mad location and all that, and picture like, oh yeah, this guy's car could look good here, like an old yeah. rounded out truck or something like that. Yeah. Because you drive past and you see all these abandoned station, tra- uh, yep. fuel stations, right? All yep. tagged up and stuff. And I, I have been in situations where, been into places where you're not really meant to be. So you can get like maybe 
five six good photos before security rocks yeah, up then and you're out, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i think pretty much every photographer in the world has got a story at least one story like that i imagine yeah yeah and the good thing is i've actually gotten photos of the security guards busting our shoots as well so that's cool i think I've got that's a cool few, yeah i remember a, a, oh, i'm talking 20 years ago now um riding bmx right I'd be in the city, and a bunch of the bunch of the guys we were with were sort of riding in at um, uh, Cockle Bay, and that was when they had all the big water features, sort of right right down the strip, down the middle of it. And we're sort of riding this water feature, and a security guard came and kicked us out. But I somehow, because I had a camera with me, I somehow managed to managed to convince him that um, the guy riding was a professional BMX rider. <laughs> I was a photographer for a magazine. And we just we just wanted to hang around, get a couple of snaps, and he actually then kept people away from where we were riding, so that we could get some, so that we get some shots, and then we could leave. It was awesome. So, have you ever? Have you ever? ever or yeah, you know, like you're getting oh. the security guards in your pictures. Have you ever gotten any stories like that at all? Or? Nah, like well, I think the They're closest one came was Homebush. Yeah, because the security it was doing. I can't remember what. I think it was cricket was on or something like that, and. Yeah. Uh, we got the car through a pathway and in like in between these two cranes and the guy like it took the security guy twenty minutes to get out of the office just to get there. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't know, how, like how like why are you guys here and all that. We're just doing a shoot for a magazine. He goes, Oh man, like if it's for a magazine, you actually got to apply for a license and all that crap. And it works out to be like something like five grand for an hour or two. And yeah, I was right. like, oh, no, I'm already done. So I'm, we'll leave kind of thing. He's like, yeah, get out of here before I have to call someone and all that. Yeah. And there's been instances where I think it was the three Mercs that I shot for Slam Mag where we – it was a walkway and we drove three cars over footbridges, like slowly each car getting them through tight corners and everything. And security came out eventually and they're like, oh, we've been watching you guys – get here but no idea how you've gotten here because <laughs> there's no cameras to get you here that's and awesome. he, he yeah he was just like however you got, got here you have to leave right now because you're ruining the grass and all that yeah well we'll leave but it's gonna so, take a while <laughs> yeah exactly like i don't know how we even pull that off like this is insane that's like, awesome driving three cars yeah just through footpaths and stuff like that that's awesome that's so cool so you, you obviously get around to a lot of mini truck events and all that sort of stuff. Um, what are some of your favourites? Uh, favourites? Um, yeah, pretty much been to a lot of them. I think all of them. I haven't really missed that many. It would be recently that I've started missing some, but best show-wise, each show is pretty much different. Like ECC, you can cruise around at the shows, go out, drive through the mountains and stuff like that. Like, I love that about it halfway where they have the driving events the drinking games you can party all night day and the whole weekend pretty much because you're camping there yeah um island fever is another good one for the wild parties the burnout comps and also just driving from sydney all the way to tasmania and back that's just one of the probably the best like road trip i've ever done yep and then i've also got seven slam which is our seven tide show which we organised back in 2016 to celebrate our 10-year anniversary in Australia, and uh, that show became was popular. That first show, so we ran it again in 2018. And good thing about that one was because we have the show Seven Ties, we have all our members from New Zealand, US come out for it as well. So 
good way to catch up and get all our overseas friends over as well. Yep, that's awesome. So, so hard to narrow down one show. Um, yeah, so I imagine. Awesome. Yeah, I imagine it's had your travel sort of all around Australia. Yeah, for the well, most part. Yeah, Rockhampton. Yeah, Rock, I think from the top of Rockhampton all the way down to Tassie. Yeah. Yep. Have you so, been over to the west coast at all? Or? Oh, there's nothing much there, is there? <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a lot of sand. There's a lot of I sand. Think, I, don't I think know Mo- Momo from Flatlines organises a couple, but I've always skipped uh, WA shows and South Australia shows. Yeah. It's a bit. I don't know if it's a bit hard to get to, but it's like, I don't know. Oh, I barely hear like I don't hear about it often enough yeah, to get right. out there. Yep. And just not sure about the roads and all that as well. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because that was one of my worries about going to the Rockhampton shows. And but then I think I flew out there. To, uh, I drove out once with Dugs and flew out there the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Have you been overseas at all? To any events overseas at all? Well, in, in yeah, I've stuff, been to yeah. laid out. Uh, laid out at the lake in New Zealand twice and US for Slam Brie. Yep. Uh, all, both times, all those shows, I did uh, show coverages in Slam Magazine. So, done a lot of overseas travels. Every time we do go out overseas, uh, do try and meet up with me and truckers, organize like a cruise or something. Like when we were in Vegas, uh, a couple of guys from Severed and Relaxed took me out to a drive and all that. So, just depends where you go. Yeah, nice. Try and find whoever. Yep. Um, so international events. What is what is some that you'd absolutely love to get to? Well, I think anywhere in US would be pretty awesome to go to. Like SEMA would be one of the big ones to go to, but I think any show in US would be awesome because we don't usually see slammed full size trucks here. And when I was in Slambury, like pretty much every car you look at it's just like holy shit like so good like fitting 26 is 28 rims on big trucks dualies and all that yeah so like seeing a normal hilux there was just like a for them i found it for them it was like an awesome thing that we had hiluxes and all that everywhere because they don't have, us, they don't have that many yeah, yeah. It's, it's rare for them whereas yep. for us it's every day right that's right so that was probably the big difference so, so the actual the actual like mini trucks themselves are a bit more rare over there now, more so I guess. Yeah, well, because they've got a lot more yeah. full size stuff that's now becoming yeah, exactly. obviously cheap enough to be able to just cut up and do whatever they want with. Yeah, so it's, well, I think that's what the difference is. Where we can't afford full sizes, they can afford full sizes, but can't afford minis because I think the minis there are more expensive than full sizes sometimes. Yeah, well, that's that's the one thing. That I was over there in two thousand and six, I think it was, um, and the the one thing like the, for the the same reason over there. Well, yeah, they're so cheap over there for the same reason they're expensive here, and that's because they're work trucks. Yeah, exactly. So here, because you get all the tax breaks and whatever else with your work trucks and whatever, they make them more they're more expensive because yeah. of, of all the other taxes. But over there, they're cheap as because they're work trucks and they just get flogged. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Nice man, nice. Um, so we'll talk. We'll, we'll get into your graphic design sort of stuff into into Toast Graphics itself, I guess. Um, where did the graphic design side of things start for you? Well, I worked in printing. My first job was back in printing, so photography and design sort of came both hand in hand Yep. because I had guys I worked with they were all either they were all even they were, they were technicians in printing and stuff but they would all have side hustles like photography and design so 
just hovering around them like is how I pretty much got into it a bit more seeing how they worked and doing designs and stuff like that. So once I started learning off them, that's when all the YouTube tutorials started. And as I took more photos and did more drawings and stuff, like learned how I can make a drawing on paper onto a computer and make it look better kind of thing. Yeah, nice. So that's how I sort of started out, yeah. Nice. So as as you said, what what actually drew you to it, I guess? Uh, uh, Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't actually know, like, because I think it was just the aspect of being, you could capture moments kind of thing yep. with photography like that, but drawing-wise, I always used to just doodle around and all that, so, so I think it's it was just, just... what Whatever you were already... Yeah, but, like, I think back in the day, mini truck and scene side, there weren't many photographers and designers doing stuff like that as well, so I saw, like, yep. a little market I could get into yep. that I could sort of make something out of it sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, a nice niche little pocket sort of thing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah, I remember way back in the early days, like, and, and again, like you said before with the photography, um, there was nowhere to get people, their pictures, you know what I mean? You'd take pictures of people's stuff and people, you know, you, you'd know, people love seeing their own stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like that little bit of gratification for themselves. Um, it's it's a it's a really odd thing, but people absolutely love seeing their stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was sort of focused on like if I go to a show, I try and at least get a picture of every yeah. one per, picture per car. Yeah. At least I know someone will appreciate it. Yeah. And even like do a lot of free stuff as well. So, yeah. and if they do want something in the future, then it's like, all right, well, you can get me to do a paid job. Yeah. At a show or something like that. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. So it's a bit of it's a, it's more of a side hustle than anything. Yeah, it really. Um, is. Cool. <laughs> so what what sort of things uh, do you do in the way of graphic design? I know I've noticed you've done logos and and all that sort of stuff. What what else do you do? Yeah, so um, business logos, shirt designs, car illustrations. But I've done a lot of theme logos and shirts for car clubs. Uh, well, shows as well, actually, and. Uh, most of my work, it's all usually word of mouth. So if I do something for you, you'll tell your mates, they'll tell yeah. their mates and all that. Because yeah, I'm pretty terrible at constantly updating my social media pages and all that. So but That's that's work in itself, isn't it? Yeah. When, oh, when, you, when you're busy, such... you know, you're doing that, that I guess, that, that five to nine sort of thing, as well as trying to keep everything updated. It's, it's a fair bit of work. Yeah. And like the hard part is if you don't keep posting on social media your page sort of disappears and no one really notices it that's right so and with all the things that change in instagram and facebook it's hard to sort of try and keep up so it's right up there with so everyone can see it yeah or else half the time most people miss all the updates so we have to rely on word of mouth and more than all my posts really yep nice so let's let's have a, a chat about your hilux um Give us a rundown. What it? What is it? Obviously, uh, obviously, it's a Hilux. I just said that. It, yeah, it, it, it's hard because most of the times, like, is it a Hilux still or is it a Tacoma now? Right. So I mean, it looks like a Tacoma. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's a Tacoma, but then it's like it started as a Hilux, and then yeah. all the conversions and all. So that. I guess take us take us for a trip. Take it. Take us for the the journey of where it started and where it's at now. How did, oh, how did so, it start life? So bought it at 2005. It was a 
stopped 2002 Hilux. Uh, I was the second owner of it. Bought it off, uh, I think it was like a fleet, fleet yard, and yep. it was ex-Sydney Water. And I think it only had like about 54,000 kilometers on it. So but, and that was, was like per, pretty much perfect, nothing wrong with it. I think it was one of the manager's cars or something like that. So, yep. and at this time, all I really wanted to do was just keep it as this nice static cruiser, rolled on twenties, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, which is nice and simple. Yeah, exactly right. So, that's what it was, and then yeah, so I lowered it, shaved all the door handles, all the usual stuff, uh, and then around two thousand eight, I. Uh, uh, convinced myself to start bagging it. So yep. went in and I, I, I kind of blame Andrew Irvine for it. I think you've had him on your show before. Owns Rat Son. Yep. So back then he had a Hilux and he used to live around the corner. He used to always see him drive past. And every time he saw me outside, he'd either drag past or just stop yep. and just start playing with switches and all that. So I'm like, all right, start looking into getting it bagged. And that's when I went and saw Richard at Custom, uh, Custom Works. And originally, I was only going to bag the rear. And he's like, oh, if you're going to bag the rear, you might as well do the front. So I'm like, all right, we'll do the front as well. He goes, well, if you're doing the front, you might as well notch it, like, Z it in the front as well. So it lays frame all the way. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, oh, but then if you want, we can body drop it as well. I'm like, oh, let's not get carried away kind of thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> originally, I only wanted it as a static kind of thing. So... That's what happened, like, got bagged, and I'm like, all right, see you later, Dicko, never going to see you again. And I think we took it to Mini Madness 2008, which was the first show I've ever been to, and he's like, I'm taking your truck no matter what, because there's not many 2002 dual cabs around bagged. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, at the time, so I'm like, all right, we'll go, I'll come with you, because I've never been to a show yet. And straight after that, I sent him a message a week later, and I'm like, oh, what do you reckon about suicide doors? And he's like, oh, I thought... Well, that was it. Uh, the bug, go, the oh, bug yeah, bit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I saw a couple of nice trucks. I think I saw Tom Tatton's yellow Hilux there, and I was like, oh, Suicide Doors look insane. And also loved um, Luke Connolly's uh, Red Hilux Dragon. Dragon, yeah. Which I, yeah, which I really loved with the Suicide Doors and all that. So that's when I hit up Dicko again and I said, all right, let's do Suicide Doors in the back. And after that, it was pretty much just constant ideas kept on popping in my head and that's where that snowball started hey yeah just pretty kept much on after that yeah it just never stopped it's <laughs> nice so what was what was next so you had the suicide doors suicide doors after that i think after that was uh, so is that just that's just suicide rear doors is it yeah suicide rear doors yep. so i'll go through it all like take so i have a suspension i got the four link cantilever set up Z notch and done by Richard at Custom Works. Yep. It then went to Graham at Downtown Customs, where it did all the upgrades because all the new technology started coming in, like AccuAir. So, pretty much while I was at Graham's for body and paint, I was, said to him, like, let's redo the whole suspension, do the airbags, change everything, put AccuAir into it. So that way everything's running new again. Yep. And so we did that. Did the engine and like motor work and all that. I went to Castle Exhaust. Uh, it's just standard 3RZ motor with 204 turbo, running 12 pound boost, Heltec ECU. Get about 204 kilowatts out of it. 
got a good mate Rob who helped me out with that as well. Yep. Because we had a few blown seals, and so redid the turbo setup on that. And I think we did a, about 20 kilometers test drive, and went Sunday we finished, did 20 kilometer test drive, and then Wednesday on oh no, Thursday we I drove it out to Tasmania. So wow. I was pretty much yeah, it's pretty much shitting myself the whole way there and back, hoping nothing went wrong. <laughs> that's, that's one hell of a shakedown run, man. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I had Michael and Matt from Image Conversions. They finished off my engine bay, making it look neat and tidy. Uh, the body mods that I've got, uh, that's been done by Gary and Adam. Uh, she was at Rebel Restorations and also Downtown Customs. Yep. They did the paint. Uh, so got all the blinkers shaved, the table tub, everything's all shaved. The roof's been shaved. Put in twin uh, twin panel sunroofs. Then we did the Tacoma front end conversion. The rear end, uh, behind the door, the door's even trimmed so the door can open onto the rear guards because the rear guards are Tacoma front guards grafted into the rear. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's hard to explain on like talking about it yep. because you kind of have to, I kind of have to show it to you. Yeah. Well, you've already seen it as well. So. That's right. What I'll do is, I mean, for anyone that hasn't seen it, I don't know where you've been. But um, what I will do is, is, I'll, is I'll, I'll, um, I'll post yeah, pictures up on our Instagram as yeah. well so that they can see exactly what it is you're talking about. But, yeah, they, that, those rear guard lines, are, they're pretty crazy. Yeah, is, 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 are they more accentuated in the front guard than they are in, in that rear section on a Tacoma? Uh, no, because, well, I don't think so. It, it took a lot of time to try and measure it up. It would have, yeah. We stuffed up, like, yeah, like, I think I'd have to get a new – I had a new tub – sitting at home just in case if something fucked up like yeah we would have had to swap out the tub and start again pretty much but no adam did a really good job and adam's the same guy he did um i remember the old hilux but the new shape hilux i forgot the name not sure it had the insurance job <laughs> not camber with yeah, Camber. He yeah, did the work right. on Camber as well. Okay. So, so it was highly recommended by. So I went to him, and he didn't actually, he didn't really get what I was talking about. So I had to come up with the design plans and all yeah. that, show him what I was actually talking about. So, and to even come up with the design, it took forever because no one's sort of done it before. Yeah. Everyone's always done Rodeo and Muse and stuff. So, yeah. Um, I had to speak to, like, well, looking for dual cab Tacomas in America was hard as well because there's not many dual cab mini trucks. Could you find? Could you like, find any in the states? Yes. Really? Yes. So, I found. I think there's three guys that I know of that have it, but I got I became good mates with our mate um, Daniel Villa from No Regrets, and when I was in the US, I met up with him as well, like really top bloke. He's got a red dual cab. Tacoma and he's got suicide doors in the rear as well but at the time when I started talking to him mine was in primary and his was in uh, lime green yeah so I asked him for measurements just just to compare what the difference was between his one and mine and I got him to send me some photos and I'm like oh it wouldn't be cool if I had his truck right next to my truck and I'll send you this photo because 
like not to brag and all that, but like being good at Photoshop, yep. it actually looked like both trucks were sitting next to each other. That's awesome. And to make it to make it more real, I had to make pretend like he's cleaning his truck. Right. <laughs> so um, when the photo came out, a lot of people thought I actually imported his truck from US to here right. to actually get that photo as well. So that was like a funny side of the story. Awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he's sort of helped me out with just what the differences were between the Tacoma and the Hilux dual cab. Uh, yeah. Nice. I think, what else? What else have I done? Uh, so the hard lids on a pop, a hidden popper as well. Yep. Suicide resource, which you said. The door popper's in the center pillar. I think there's probably like 10% of the original Hilux body left on yep. the whole truck. <laughs> um, the stereo interior was done by Bill at High Tone Motor Trimming. Um, and image conversions helped as well for that. Yep. Uh, black leather suede interior. The factory Hilux seats with uh, low profile headdress. And an armrest put into the rear seats. Double stitched diamonds. Diamond, uh, double diamond stitching. Yep. LED lights. And then I've got the Dakota gauge cluster, but after we did the trim and all that, because the trim was a bit fatter than usual, it took off about five mil on each side of the Dakota cluster. So when we were go- if we were going to put it in, the oval shape wasn't perfect for yep. me because the edges were cut off. Yep. And that sort of pissed me off a little bit, but the little shit happens kind of thing. So yep. speaking to Bob and, uh, Michael at yep. Image, and uh, he came up with a way we could run the original Hilux cluster, but take all the insides out, and put in like a digital, all the digital gauges in there. Yeah, right. And then just put a two-way tinted mirror tint over it, so you couldn't see it when the car was turned off and, until they lit up. Yeah, they light up. Yeah. Wow. So, came up with that, and that was probably one of the cool things inside yeah. about it. I'm gonna have to have um, a good look inside that thing because I've, I don't think I've ever properly looked inside of it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know when you kind of you, you walk past. I usually just get there and. Yeah, oh, half the times I'm not even driving my own truck actually. So yeah. if you see it at a show, it's like someone else probably drives it in because I'll have to run around taking photos. So <laughs> and that's that's the curse, isn't it, of taking taking the, being the guy that takes the photos. Yeah, so yeah. even like all my rolling shots to take, I think all my mates who have driven the truck for me while I've taken photos, it's they probably hate me for it. So yeah, it's like go faster, go slower is the yelling at them and. that's cool man so how long how long was the build or was it or was it in like staggered in stages sort of thing oh yeah it's pretty much just in stages do one thing finish one thing and then start another like well try and save up and think of what i could do next yep and then do all the research finding out who can do what what should i do it's been about 16 years since I've had it. So, yeah. so you know, there's still so much still I can do to it, but it's just, where do you stop, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so is, is there any more plans or what? Uh, have, well, have you got things rolling around in, in, in the head there? or? Oh, I've got a couple, but oh, a bit hush, hush. it all comes down to money. Yeah, yeah oh, it comes down to money. It's yeah. like everyone's always like, oh, when are you going to put billets on it? So yeah. the old uh, 2005 Dolce's, still rolling in them. 
I don't know. Brand I don't, new, right? so, do, do you cop a bit about those wheels? I, I don't mind them to be every honest. Every day. I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I don't think it ever stops. It's like I think every time someone posts up, anyone got wheels to sell or something. Uh, <laughs> everyone always like it's just a known joke. Like, yeah. Everyone always tags me in. Nice. Like it would be nice to put billets on there because I got like all the brake works done and all that, but. You know, I can't really afford billets in this thing. <laughs> no, they're so so expensive these days. Yeah. Nice. So let me run a hypothetical boy. If you're going to build a new truck today, what's it going to be? Uh, something probably old school. A full size wouldn't be nice as well, like Mercury or a Silverado probably. But the other problem I think I'd have is not very tall, so... Would have to probably be a custom interior just so I could reach the pedals, <laughs> see over the dash. Because <laughs> while in the US, I did get into um, into an Escalade and uh, found it very hard to yep. see over the dash. Like if I could see over the dash, I couldn't reach the pedals. If I could reach the pedals, I couldn't see over the dash. Yeah, right. <laughs> so some custom pedal extensions and, and all that sort of gear. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Awesome, mate. It's been awesome to catch up with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's all good, bro. Um, let everybody know where they can find you, dude. Uh, pretty much just Instagram and Facebook is probably the best way. It's Instagram more probably. If you tag me in there, I can see it. Facebook's just too hard to manage. So it's uh, Toast underscore graphics Instagram and Facebook is just Toast Graphics. Awesome, mate. And I'll share those links in the show notes for the podcast as well. Thanks for joining me, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for no, your time. All good, bro. And Thank you. We'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening in, and I hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow Gather Together on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Gather Together Podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. I look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.